from University of Puget Sound, it's What We Do, a weekly podcast about the innovators, teachers, dreamers, and performers of Puget Sound and the stories behind the work they do. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast featuring editor Chuck Luce, the man behind the curtain, as they say, at Arches Magazine for nearly 20 years. He retires in less than a week. Uh, my name is Kathy Tollefson, and I've had the honor to assist Chuck for the past 14 or so years. Uh, we're going to talk uh, about Chuck's time at the helm at Arches and about some of our favorite stories about telling some of your favorite stories. Hi, Chuck. Welcome. Hi. Um, the, the, the interviewer becomes the interviewee. <laughs> Uh, to provide a little background, um, Chuck, you started working at the college when Arches was a two-color uh, tabloid-type newsletter. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, what guiding philosophy helped you transform uh, the publication into the multiple awards-winning magazine it is today, if I do say so myself? Well, th- there's actually, first of all, a pretty interesting story about how I even had the happy convergence of winding up in this job. Uh, I previously was the editor of the alumni magazine at Connecticut College in New London, Connecticut, a a school quite similar to this one. Uh, And uh, when I moved out here to join my wife, Beth, I dropped everything and was freelancing, mostly writing for ski magazines. Uh, And one day the phone rings, Beth picks it up and says, uh, it's some vice president for you. And I get on the phone, and uh, it's Mike Oman, who was the vice president of university relations back then. Uh, and he told me that uh, he'd, he had formerly been the, the editor of, the, or he had been uh, the, the chief fundraiser at uh, Williams College. Uh, and a cousin of mine worked on his staff at Williams College. That cousin was married to an alumna of Connecticut College, so he knew, my cousin knew that I had moved here recently and that I was basically unemployed because writing for ski magazines is really fun, but you don't make any money at it. And uh, as through some weird convergence, the staff of the communications area at Puget Sound had had all left for one reason or another, and they were desperate to get somebody to edit a couple (laughs) of issues of the magazine. So he calls me up and said, you know, could you do this for a couple of times? So I came down and I talked to him and and uh, I discovered that the school was very similar. I understood about the liberal arts education. I liked the people who worked here. I felt comfortable. So I said, okay, I'll do it. So we did one issue. Time went on. I did another issue. They didn't hire anybody. I did a third issue. More time goes by. I do a fourth issue. And finally, they said, why don't you just come work here? Uh, it sounds faded. <laughs> and, 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 and 20 I, years later, here you and, saw it. And, and I did. Uh, so, but to answer your question, uh, one of the reasons why I took the job was because we had had the very wonderful latitude granted by the administration to uh, allow us to choose stories and put the reader first. Uh, so uh, we were in a position, and we tried very hard to do the job of the magazine not, I always say, by promoting Puget Sound, but by exemplifying it. Speaking of our alumni readers and others, um, which uh, who who obviously are engaged uh, with the magazine, um, and and that to me says that you get this place. And so I'm wondering, you know, how it is that you know somebody coming from the East Coast um, can grasp the ethos of uh, Puget Sound so effectively and and are able to tell its story so well. Well, I, th- I think it's a question of, of, of listening to people and, and just 
keeping your antenna up and, and, and not making any assumptions and, and getting it. Speaking of stories, and we've told a few, um, are there any favorites that uh, come to mind as far as uh, uh, either uh, really positive, good stories that we've told or ways that we've told them or people that we've worked with in, in doing that? Well, uh, we sure have had some fun and <laughs> some, tr some great successes and some things that went hilariously wrong. Um, uh, a few of my favorites were, were the, the, the two issues that we did. Uh, we did 25 Things We Love About Tacoma. Uh, and then a that few years... That was very well received. I think we even had a reprinting of that one. We did. And a few years later, uh, we did 25 More Things We, we Love About Tacoma. Uh, and uh, that be became a magazine that, that went well beyond the... Uh, the university community. Um, uh, it was picked up by the Chamber of Commerce downtown. I asked us for that, re yeah. reprints. Um, well, we did that road trip, uh, which uh, we claimed we did in my Volkswagen camper bus, but when we didn't actually, <laughs> we photographed the we bus for the we trip. We did the trip. But if we if we had actually made the the road trip in the bus, it would have taken us about three weeks. So we drove a normal and, car. And, and nobody wants Ross in the back seat for three weeks. <laughs> Ross being our, uh, the campus photographer. <laughs> Who went along uh, on the ride and took photos on uh, all the places that we went. So, so we visited alumni uh, in eastern Washington and um, out on the peninsula. Out on the peninsula. Yeah. We, oh, we went to the winery. Um, in Hoodsport. In Hoodsport, remember, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, other favorite stories? Oh, golly. Um, I had the crazy idea. To, uh, I wanted to ride with the with the basketball teams on a on a on a trip, uh, on an away game. Let's see what happens on the bus. Uh, you know, these guys are students, uh, and they play basketball because they love it, but they still have to do all their classwork. And I was just curious how, how they spent their time on the bus. So the, the athletics department worked it out. I was able to ride on their biggest road trip of the year, which is going out to eastern Washington. They, they go for several days, and they play both Whitworth and Whitman uh, over the same course of a couple days. And it was a great trip, and we had fun, and we observed all kinds of stuff. And uh, uh, the, the, the weekend gets over, and we're on our way back, and uh, it's snowing like crazy. you got to go over Snoqualmie Pass. Uh, we are in two buses, the men's team in one bus, the women's team in another. Uh, and the bus driver gets a call from up on the road, the PLU team, which had also had been doing their, they call, going to the W's they call it, had also been uh, doing their, their trip east as well. Uh, their bus had broken down on Snoqualmie Pass with no hope of getting anybody there to, to get them out. They're freezing cold and the, the bus can't run, it can't get it heated. They haven't eaten, they've been up all hours anyway because it's, it's just a grueling trip. And can we stop? To pick them up, I mean, you could. I mean, here, here are these arch rivals. Rival. <laughs> uh, so the bus driver Time turns to turns to coach and he says, "The PLU team wonders if we can pick them up." And and, and the guy goes, "Well, of course, you know, we're all Tacomans here, and we don't leave a, a buddy on the battlefield. We'll <laughs> we'll, we'll pick them up." Um, so we did, uh, and you should have seen those poor kids. They they looked like they hadn't slept in a week. Uh, they they just dragged onto the bus, freezing cold, shivering, and they're all just, "Thank you, thank you." Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so that was a that was a, well, a that fun was a fun one. trip. Um, another story that I'd like to tell and and, and I liked a lot was was what went into the cover of the 125th anniversary issue. That was really a great collaborative. We we, we had the, the the amazing good fortune of 
getting in touch with uh, a, a theater student, Connor Jones, um, who's class of 13, uh, and asked him if he would be the one to organize our cover. And our idea for the cover was that we would have a student from each of the 12 decades that uh, the Puget Sound had been in existence represent students of that era. Can I interrupt you just for a minute? Do you remember how we met Connor, though? How, th how that was just sort of this little twist of fate that he was working in the archives in the library over the summer. You had gone over to get um, old you know, memorabilia to photograph. I think uh, our, our artistic director, uh, Julie and Ross, were also involved with that. And we met Connor. And he was delivering things over to the office, and it was just sort of that one of those kind of serendipitous things that he also was a theater major. Uh, well, and, and so we, we, we said, and we knew that he was into costuming and, and behind the scenes kind of thing, and had a lot of friends in the theater department, and we had this idea that we were gonna, we were gonna costume 12 students, each one representing a decade in the history of the college, and put them up all on Joan's steps and, and do a great big panorama fold out for cover for this and 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 we said you know would you help us organize this so we said okay and we thought you know maybe he'd recruit a few students but we still have to be very involved well turned out connor just completely took over and, and, and I'd, I'd like to if i may read a little description that we put in that 125th anniversary magazine about how uh connor took over connor researched to the nth detail the costumes recruited 12 student actors to model, and then took the many hours required to find period-correct clothing that would fit them. And when we say correct, we mean really correct, right down to the undergarments. A couple of women in the photo are wearing corsets, and Connor and Rachel Sturbaugh, 13, spent hours getting everyone's hair just right. And to give you an example of how obsessed Connor was, there were a few old university sweater uh, em emblems in the archives, but they were too fragile to use, so Connor copied one using new felt, and you can see, if you look, if you look in the photo, you can see there's a great big P on an old sweater. But after he made it, Connor thought the P looked unacceptably new, so at about midnight, on the night before the shoot, he dyed the felt with tea to make it look more like something from the 1930s. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the he kind of really detail amazing. he went into. Yeah, he really he was great. Was. And he was great to work with. Um, any others? Um, well, I thought we, we could tell a few stories about the things that went crazily wrong or uh, um, that we just... I, I try didn't, and forget. Didn't go this. quite the way we wanted. For example, maybe you can tell and we hear so much about fake news these days. We've had some fake class notes, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, we've had a few. Um, not I I think because I scolded somebody and, and so I've I've only gotten a few because we do, we try really hard to get things right, so you know, we, we like to think that the wool won't get pulled over our eyes, but it has a couple times. I think I had, uh, uh, well, w well, once wasn't our fault. We actually killed a lady, but it wasn't our fault. It was uh, uh, research, uh, I think, had the wrong obit, and uh, much to the, the lady's chagrin, her friends were calling her saying, what, we, you know, <laughs> what's going on? And they were very upset with us. Uh, the lady it, it took it with, with great humor and grace, which I thought was very nice of her. <laughs> Um, what were some of the other ones? I think I had somebody who was probably well into their 30s, you know, going off on some Peace Corps mission that never really took place and whose friends were teasing us. But um, and, and then there were the issues where people didn't quite get what we were trying to do. Um, for example, we had the crazy idea once of having an issue be 
a, a parody of a supermarket tabloid, <laughs> and we 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 mimicked the design of the of the of these. We used the type of sensational headlines. We tried to pick crazy stories about things that have happened, pranks that took place during over the yeah, university. We got calls about odd that things. One. People and thought we were changing the style yeah, we, of the magazine. We, had, we thought it was very funny and clever. And, and, and then after the issue came out, we had numerous letters from people saying, interesting new design. I hope this isn't the direction you're going to carry forward. <laughs> <clears throat> that was a good one. And then there was a time that we also had what we thought was a very clever idea. We, we, we wrote an article about campus pranks. It came out in the spring issue, which would have been right around April 1st. Uh, so we wrote this article on the back page of the magazine, and we flipped the type over so you could only read it if you held it up to a mirror. Great <laughs> prank, eh? <laughs> the number of people that wrote in and said, you know, you really had a printing problem on this one. <clears throat> I don't, so, and because it was so hard to read, I don't think probably, I, that's probably a story that still hasn't been told because nobody's ever looked at it. Well, um, those were great, and um, we there, and there's lots, lots more, you know, in in our own archives um, that I'm sure we'll continue to tell over the years. But um, I bet you you alluded to your camper van, um, which you fondly refer to as the magic bus. Um, can you tell our listeners a little more about what uh, you plan to do in the magic bus coming up? Well, I'm working on climbing to the highest point in each of the lower 48 states. Um, we're not doing Hawaii and, and uh, Alaska because Hawaii is going to cost too much and too far to get away to, and, and Alaska would be like a 30-day undertaking, so I don't think we really want to climb that McKinley <laughs> at my age. Stay um, in the contiguous. <clears throat> but we've got, I think I've got like 16 down already, uh, and in June I'm going to go out east and try to knock off a bunch more. Uh, and the magic bus is my rolling home. Uh, it allows you to just drive right up to the trailhead, sleep there if you have to, up and down, back in the back in the driver's seat, and off we go again. Wow, sounds like fun. Um, and some of our uh, uh, readers may not know that you um, have uh, hiked various portions of the Pacific Crest Trail over the years um, with other. Uh, editor buddies. Are there any of, of those stories that you want to share? Oh man, we've been doing this now for, gosh, I think this will be the 14th year hiking the PCT in sections with guys who I met uh, through this job. Um, one of them's name is Kevin Cool. He's currently the editor of the Stanford Magazine and has been uh, has been doing that job for quite some time. Um, another fellow was the editor of the University of Washington Magazine, Tom Griffin now works at Rick Steves Books, uh, and Guy Maynard, uh, who is the editor of the University of Oregon magazine. Hmm, stories from those trips. <laughs> now, we don't need to put you on the spot, Chuck. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so everyone's dying to know, or at least the, the folks in the Office of Communications, where Arches uh, is uh, umbrellaed, um, when are you going to pop the cork in that, on that champagne bottle up in the refrigerator? We have a bottle of champagne in the refrigerator uh, sent to us by President Crawford to thank us for the story that we did introducing him, and it's been sitting there now for about three months, aging. Uh, I think maybe we'll have to Chilling. do that on Monday. All right, Bye. which is Chuck's last day, May 1st. Um, well, congratulations, Chuck, and uh, we'll... Uh, um, 
maybe as, as an honorary logger, you'll send in a class note once in a while. <laughs> there you go. All right, good. Thanks. What We Do is brought to you by University of Puget Sound. Join us next Wednesday for another story about what we do at Puget Sound. And if you liked this podcast, rate us on iTunes.